Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the New York 20. I'm John. And I'm Tom, and we've had an interesting week and a half. You could say that. Uh, not a whole lot, you know, at this time of the calendar, right? The sports are wrapping up in a couple of leagues. You know, basketball's done, hockey's done. Right, we're kind of right in the middle of baseball, but yeah. before things start to really matter, pre-All-Star game and before the trade deadline, it could be a bit of a quiet time, but, yeah. uh, you know, in a weird way, Aaron Hernandez has giving the NFL some headlines that I'm sure they could do without, and that's that's where we're going to start, right there with Aaron Hernandez. We touched on it a little bit last week, a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you know, hope nobody was offended by that, but we're just, you know, having poking a little bit of fun at a situation, but uh, very serious now, and uh, we're going to start right there. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't really know much about it. You know, there were a couple of details out last week, and it was, you know, something happened, he was being brought in for questioning, you know, they had the thing about him destroying his phone and all that, but... For all intents and purposes, it seemed like he was covering up for a buddy, right? Yeah. Uh, he had a guy, and, you know, they brought this person and, and all this and that. And as the details have emerged, he, he just straight up murdered a guy. Like, Allegedly. He, we have to say that, like, let's, legally. Let's, but oh, Are we getting sued at any time? Probably not, but let's go with the fact that, you know, we'll throw in sure, a little qualifier. I'll throw, I'll throw in a bunch of qualifiers. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> period. Moving on to the next sentence, <laughs> this guy killed some people. Yeah, uh, more than more than just the one guy. Maybe, who, uh, yeah. There's a, know, there's a problem. chance that he was connected to an earlier uh, double homicide in 2012, which is it, which is really the scary thing. I mean, you know, the Patriots knew they were getting in bed with a uh, you know a quote unquote bad guy. Yeah. You know, back when they drafted him, he's a fourth round pick for that reason. Right. So exactly. All the talent in the world. Um. You know, but listen, it's the way of the NFL and 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 sports in general to. You you know, go for the guys with the, the high ceiling, and you hope that if you bring him into a good situation, he could right the ship. But no one, no one would have thought that it was this kind of bad. And again, nothing's been proven, but there's an overwhelming amount of evidence, uh, albeit circumstantial, that's, that's stacked up against him. And you know it's serious when a judge will not allow somebody to post bail. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say he's a flight risk because he's got millions of dollars, and if he, you know, he knows he did it, and right. I think he's a flight risk. He's got to be the worst executioner ever. He, like, this is the poorest planned murder I think I've ever seen in my life. Even yeah. movies there are this bad. Like, <laughs> you're going to go, okay, you know this guy, for whatever reason, you know, that he thought maybe he was going to rat him out about the, the double homicide thing, or he was talking to the wrong people, and it's his, his fiancé's sister's boyfriend or yeah, something like that. that was it. So... You go and, and you know, you have the plan. Like, I'm going to kill this guy because, you know, he, he went and, and did me wrong. and Whatever, you know, weird psychopath logic is going on there. So you decide to kill him less than a mile from your house, rent a car in your name, and leave the car at the scene, take the car back, you know, whatever happened with, with dirt and everything, and then destroy your home security system right before that. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. What, what really what? strikes me for that, and, and again, this is this is going to be delving into the mind of somebody who's clearly not right, yeah. you know, one way or the other, but let's say that, which, and you just touched on it, and there are reports that, you know, he had something to do with this earlier homicide from mm-hmm. a year ago, and that maybe this guy was going to let something slip, and he had to get rid of him, Hernandez, yeah. you know, that is, for that purpose. Let's just say that that's what comes out. You're talking about a guy who essentially has already gotten away with murder. Yeah. You'd think he'd be a bit more savvy 
as to how to get away with murder. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing that, that really jumps out at me. And again, we're, we're speaking from pure speculation, but this is the stuff that you guys have heard on the news. We've heard the same kinds of things. And and again, it, it sounds a, a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's really not meant to be that way in, in this particular instance, at least not for me. And it's like, you know, I, I it blows my mind that you could be, you know, obviously that that foolish in general to throw your whole life away, your whole career away, and to take somebody else's life. But if he got away with this already, you would think that there's something there that he would say, like, okay, you know, I kind of have an idea of how to do this. I mean, this was a real messy situation from day one. Yeah, I mean, you you brought it up before, too, about how if, if this other one is true, then this happened a while ago. You know, he played an entire NFL season having murdered somebody. Right. Like, it's just, it's crazy, you know? And I think the, the way we're looking at it, obviously the way I broke this down is the whole, well, why would you do this? Why would you do that? It, the answer is he's a crazy person. That's, of course. That's really the long and short of it is, yeah. you know, you talk about how, you know, oh, maybe he would have been smarter about this because he's done it before or he, you know, counts your blessings because you got away with it. Right. This is somebody who is a brazen individual to do something like this in the first place. That's true. Posing, taking pictures with guns, having the home security, all that stuff, all the things that he's been involved with. Absolutely. Because he's that kind of a guy for all intents and purposes. As far as we can tell. Right. That's what it sounds like. So all the logic you would use is the logic that a normal sane person would do, the type of person who doesn't kill people. And he's not that type of guy, apparently, you know? Right. So what's interesting is now the Patriots uh, have cut him. They, they cut ties with him. Well, they cut him before. arrest. Yeah, before yeah. the charges were even uh, filed or released. But I'm, I'm sure they knew. Yeah. Uh, I heard somewhere that the Patriots, like the guy who heads up security for the Patriots, is a very well-connected, I think, ex- Cop or ex something yeah. in that sure area. Have, uh, yeah, you know, so the Pats know right away what's going on. What's going on, so that they can do what they got to do. And you know, listen, I don't. You're not going to hear this often, but obviously this goes beyond the game. But you know what? You got to tip your hat to the Patriots because yeah. you, you cannot allow something like this to happen. You know, under your watch, and it, you, you know you got to cut ties with them immediately. And they did that, and they did it because it was the right decision morally, not because it was the right decision financially for the team. Yeah. Now they were able to recoup a little bit of the money they heard or had excuse me had already paid him this year, right? And they're trying to recoup uh, the rest of the signing bonus and the salary that he made last year, which they probably will be able to do. Yeah, under It'll be interesting the timeline on that. You know, yeah. I don't know how there's no precedent really for the NFL with this this type of a situation, right? Not um, to this extreme anyway. So you know we'd have to see how the NFL handles it. Uh, uh, I think it was. Um, Schefter, somebody wrote an article about, you know, the financial ramifications of cutting him the way they did. Right. Um, and it was a huge uh, dead money number on the cap. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a huge ramification because they just gave him a big signing bonus last year. Uh, they gave him a five-year contract, and a lot of that was guaranteed money that is then just thrown onto this next salary cap. Right. Um, but the Patriots went and cut him anyway. You know, it was it was act first, ask questions later, which right. is really the right way to handle it. And from what I understand, the cap hit to them, which is pretty tremendous, will mm-hmm. probably stick. But in terms of sheer financials, I think the Patriots will have a good chance to recoup all that money. Yeah. But they, they they can't, you know, the NFL can't just erase it and make an exception. Even though this is, you know, extenuating circumstances, you, you, you can't. I mean, that's essentially 
you know, in a strange kind of way, it's almost rewarding the Patriots. You know, if the Patriots had questions about his character, they should have There's not no given him the deal. Free yeah. Card, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's hard to talk about that in light of everything that's happened. Right. I mean, listen, the Patriots should get the money back, and whether or not they get, I just don't think they will get the, the, yeah. the cap space back. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they have, but tons of credit to the organization for handling it the way they did. You know, their, their statement was an expression of sympathy for the victim and not crying foul, oh, poor Aaron Hernandez, or, you know, and then there's been talk of, like, oh, how do they go and turn against their guy and this and that, but... That's this, ridiculous. This, this is beyond that. This That's is, ridiculous. This is a murder, a murder. Listen, you know what? The only other thing, you know, at first, as of last week, it seemed like it was shaping up to be a similar to the Ray Lewis situation, mm-hmm. where there was an obstruction of justice right. kind of thing, put some pressure on the guy, you know, that whole situation. The only thing I've ever seen... Uh, that's similar to this, and we, we don't talk about this often, and I know you're not a fan, but uh, was really in the WWE mm-hmm. when Chris Benoit, sure, you know, killed his that, wife yeah. and his young son and then himself. And, you know, Chris Benoit was a huge star in the WWE. He had just had a run as champion, you know, and yeah. he was one of the biggest names in the company. And then he goes and, and does something as horrific as that, and within, I don't know, a day... They had completely stricken him from, like, the record books. They had taken his name off. They had removed him from, you know, all future, uh, you know, video packages. They had removed all his merchandise. They They completely treated it as if he had never existed once the word came out of what he did. Obviously, when it first broke that he had died, they were like, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, our heart goes out. But then once they found out, it was like, whoa. You know, because yeah, how are yeah. you going to support your guy? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I think may even be, and I, I know fewer details about the Benoit thing, but mm-hmm. from what I understand, he kind of lost it. He wasn't always, like, a, a negative or, like, poorly brought up kind of guy. Like, he had a family, right. he had a kid. And, Quite you know, the contrary, yeah, actually, yeah. he was yeah. fairly well-respected from what I know. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hernandez is not that guy. He's just been a, a like... A thug his whole life, you know. Yeah. He had that kind of connection, and yeah. I joked like, "Oh, he grew up in Connecticut. How big of a, a thug he, can he be?" But apparently, where he's from, that part of Bristol is like the drugs and gangs and yeah. that, like that area, because any city's going to have that type of spot. And he's just that kind of a person. Yeah. Um, well, with the with the Benoit thing, a lot of people attributed it to either. Uh, you know, some kind of steroid-induced rage or, you know, multiple concussions and that kind of thing. thing. Probably both. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a he was more than likely on steroids if you just follow his career arc and look how big he blew up to be later in life, that whole thing. And listen, all wrestlers get concussions like it's their job. Yeah. So, you know, it was probably a combination of both. But that goes back to what I was saying before about, um, uh, you know, applying logic to Hernandez's situation. And... That's the thing that's crazy to me. It's not as if he had a moment where he snapped out on exactly. this guy and murdered him in a just a rage-filled, you know, yeah, regardless like of what he... Exactly. Something happened. Yeah. And that's regardless of what he did in 2012 or, or didn't do. Mm-hmm. But it's just to sit there and, and premeditate this whole yeah. situation out and then go about it as haphazardly and, and as mistaken as he did, that's the thing that really shocks me. Because if you're capable of doing something like that, that's one thing, which clearly he is, but to just to have those two situations play out so completely differently, you know, the one in 2012 and now this one is, is that's what's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing that jumped out to me was the text that uh, the victim had sent mm-hmm. uh, minutes before everything went down, uh, you know, texting his sister, hey, are you there? Hey, do you know who I'm with? Um, 
because when you're sending a text message like that, you know what's happening, and it's just like it's a crazy circumstance to consider yourself being in. Yeah, um, you know, sending something like that, and like you know what's about to go down. Yeah, you know, he knew he, he first of all he knew Hernandez was capable of it, all things considered, and then well, right, because if if Hernandez was worried about him leaking something yeah. from the previous year, then obviously he knew about it, and that's that's yeah. really something else. I I don't know I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, the the one thing uh, we were talking about the Patriots, um, they're doing a pretty great thing next week. I think it's the sixth and the seventh. Um, they're allowing. Anyone who owns any kind of Aaron Hernandez jersey to return the jersey either to the stadium or to the uh, online shop or whatever else it is um, completely free of charge and pick any other Patriots player jersey that they want and it's just like a one-for-one swap. Yeah, and. Smart. It's yeah, totally to smart. You don't want these people showing up in Aaron Hernandez jerseys, no. you know, to your stadium. Not that they would be. I mean, you might get like one or two that kind of yeah. just like, you know, want to wear the colors, and that's like the jersey they have. Right. But that's a good way to nip it in the butt because they, you got to take into account individuals' finances. And yeah. if Aaron Hernandez is your favorite player, and you go out and you buy an Aaron Hernandez jersey. You yeah, know, a bunch of kids from Connecticut too. You know, like he's from right. Connecticut. That's that's a hometown kind of guy. That right. makes a lot of sense. There'd be a bunch of them sold already. Yeah. Um, I just wish the Jets would do something like that for Brett Favre jerseys that are still sitting in my closet that I can never wear again. Yeah. Luckily, I did not jump on that bandwagon. I, I was Favre. very was close to buying there. a Sanchez jersey though. Oh wow, that's worse. <laughs> well, we both we both have Revis jerseys, and that didn't turn out so great either. So yeah. I'm sticking with throwbacks for a while. I think I, I think know. it's pure. I got my Curtis Martin jersey. He's a great guy. Martin, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know he's a great person. He's a very kind individual. I, that's I, I'm going to stick with that for a while. I think I'm going to let that ride out as far as Jets jerseys Despite, like, go. A rough neighborhood. He grew up not to be a murderer. But yeah, he was, like a really good person. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe Mangold. If I had to get one, Mangold would be. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's he's a good guy. He's funny. He's one of the best. You know, he's the best in his position. Yeah. I don't yeah, think you we're could, letting you him could. walk, maybe. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking about it. I don't want to think about the Jets right now. Let's move on. No, not at all. Um, yeah, let's move on. But, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this as it kind of unfolds. And, you know, we'll try to keep it sports perspective first and foremost. But, yeah. obviously, this is a huge topic going on in the world of. So, yeah, you know. kind of took over the NFL leading his training camp and you know, yeah. in, in in the worst kind of way. Uh, but moving on, another huge, huge headline deal was uh, uh, the NBA draft night. The Nets going in and stealing the show and making a run at it this year. Yeah. Uh, they traded away all of their draft picks for the rest of forever um, and brought right. in the Boston Celtics... Period. Yeah. The, Boston, the Boston Celtics, really. Now they were like that Doc Rivers Celtics time. South now. Uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry are now members of the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Um, they sent uh, first-round draft picks in alternating years starting next year. Uh, There's right. actually a rule in the NBA. You can't have two consecutive years without a first-round pick. Okay. So that's the reason the Nets had us in 2014, 16, and 18, as opposed to two consecutive picks the next two years. Gotcha. Um, that rules in the NBA draft. So uh, they sent that out. They sent out a couple of expiring contracts. Uh, they sent out Wallace's contract, which is fairly big, three years, $30 million. Uh, from a talent standpoint, 20 cents on the dollar is what the Celtics got. Um, yeah. You know, they, got, they got, you know, they're definitely not coming out of the talent end. However, they are very well set up to make a run at free agents and make a run at draft picks coming up very soon. Right. From the Nets' perspective, it is win now, like immediately, because these guys are old, they're getting much older, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough. But from a competitive standpoint this year, I think the Nets are probably the best team in the Atlantic Division. I think they're better than the Knicks now with that that move. Second best team in the East behind Miami. I think second best team in the East, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and it'll be it'll be very fun to watch them play. Um, you know, when you look at the Celtics, their one and one A options were Garnett and Pierce, right? Offensively, they now have to be the third and fourth options on a team with Deron Williams, Johnson, and Brooke Lopez still. Right. You have Jason Terry coming off the bench. You have weapons that can go in and really take advantage. A lot of weapons. Yeah. I, I think this will be a really good move for them. Um, obviously, health matters, but these two have been very healthy players their whole career, and guys get older, but you know you can't predict that. Mm-hmm. On paper, which is going to be, I think, the phrase for the Nets this year, on paper, the Nets look very, very good. Yeah, um, I, I think it was win-win for both teams, just for everything you just touched on. Yeah. You know, um, the window had kind of closed on these guys in Boston. Absolutely. Being the one, being the 1A, you know, Doc Rivers kind of left them a little bit high and dry, wanting to, you know, kind of move on from there. And once that happens, you kind of have to break the whole thing down. Yeah. Um, so, listen, they got out from under it a little bit, contract-wise, and they were able to move some pieces that, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a year early, but get rid of them now and kind of set themselves up for the future. And as far as the Nets go, yeah, it's everything you just said. It's it's setting up to win now, but they had a few players that were already on their roster that were in a win-now mode, mm-hmm. and they needed to bolster that, and they did. Yeah. And these guys don't have to be the 1 and 1A, you yeah. know, with Brooklyn that they were in Boston, and I think that that's huge. It'll allow them to be a little fresher. It'll allow them to rest yeah. a little more. And I think, you know, even though he's a first-time head coach in uh, Jason Kidd, I think coming off of the year he just had, where he was a very useful piece at the beginning that wore out, mm-hmm. I think he will take some of that knowledge, and he'd be stupid not to, with yes, him yeah. to the bench and realize that he cannot burn out Garnett and, and, and Paul Pierce, and he shouldn't have to. I think he'll have the options to do that, and uh, we mentioned it last time, but it is official. Lawrence Frank will be an assistant for uh, Jason Kidd. Huge. Really, really big. Well-respected coach in the league. Very intelligent guy, and is going to guide Kidd in the right direction. You know, they have a very close relationship, and rookie head coach is always tough. Uh, the NBA, I think, is one area where you can get away with it. You know, first-year head coach, I think it can happen. You've had player coaches before, you know, right. in the NBA, and that's been successful. So um, I think Frank is going to help Kid out a lot. It's They're going to be a good team. I, I really do. I, I, I believe the Nets are going to be good. We'll see what happens with injuries. As far as the Knicks, their big move is in the NBA draft. Um, so that was also uh, the other night, and they took Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Uh, Tim Hardaway, who once said, I hate the Knicks with all the hate that somebody can hate with. Yeah. Is there any way you can hate something more? I hate them that much more. That's the <laughs> amount I hate the Knicks. Like that that's his passion about the Knicks. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> his son, six foot six small forward, uh, out of Michigan, lining up for the Knicks. Uh, what do you think? I, you know, it's it's funny that you 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 segued you know talking about the uh, the hatred that his father had for the Knicks because I heard him on the radio, uh, you know, Junior, yeah. and uh, they asked him. <laughs> they said, you know, so growing up, you know, your dad going against the Knicks every day, and you know, and the way he did, and did you did you hate the Knicks? And he was like, he took this pause and he kind of <laughs> exhaled, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> it was such a moment of honesty that you don't hear from a lot of athletes because they have to be, you know, so PC all the time. Yeah. But you you respect it because you knew it was true, and yeah. you knew it doesn't matter now because now he's a professional athlete right. himself, and he's got to build his own career, and you know the. Follow-up question was, you know, was it difficult for you to put on the uniform like that first time? And he was like, no. He's like, you know, once I put it on, you know, it was like, now I'm a Nick. And, and, yeah. and I'm happy that they're giving me the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful to just be a, a be a pro and I want to help this team, you know, as soon as possible. Yeah. So, you know, I think... Um, I think he said all the right things. He seems like he's a good kid, which is nice. He, obviously, he's got the pedigree, That's which huge. is always 
Especially huge. in the NBA, that's huge. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see how it works from an X's and O's standpoint and when he can kind of step in. Um, you know, it, he kind of feels like he could step in, you know, pretty quickly, and yeah. we'll see. We'll, and that's, you know. that's huge from the Knicks. You know, that, that's, I think, the reason they drafted him at that point. You know, he is uh, a, a secondary scorer who, in theory, can fill in for J.R. Smith. Right. And I think this is Big gone, shooter. Yeah, this has gone to show that the Knicks are not married to bring back JR in a big contract, which from a personal standpoint I think is the right move. Yeah. You can't give JR Smith a five year deal and expect him to stay sane for five years. You You're can't be regretting it in four months. You can't. Um, you know, it, to a very, 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 very lesser extent, it's yeah. Aaron Hernandez. You know, listen, I I understand. I know but that's a little the, over the top, but yes, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm just saying, you know, guy with character issues. Obviously it's 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 so much larger, the stakes yeah. so much higher, but it, because I he's love the guy JR. who's I'm not, like, don't get me wrong, right. I, I, I no, appreciate no, no, JR a lot, of course, but he's the, he's the one that's fresh in my mind and fresh yeah. in everybody else's mind who's listening. So it's just you know you got to be careful when you get into bed with guys who have character issues, yeah. and especially uh, you know for long term deals because you yeah. know guys tend to, if nothing else, I mean they don't have this desire to prove that they're worth something if. They're, they're getting this money, money yeah. no matter what. And that's not an NBA thing. That's a sports thing in general. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, the Knicks aren't giving him the opportunity to start. You know, if the Knicks were going to keep him, they would have to pay him the most amount of money because somebody else is going to pay him to be a starting player and not a man off the bench. Right. Uh, so with all that in mind, if he can come back on a team-friendly deal, I'm all for it. I think he can contribute, and I think he can be a part of a team that's successful, at least in the regular season, and maybe he figures out the whole playoff thing. But... You can't invest in that. You know, long term, the NBA has so, you know, little room for error, especially when LeBron James is in the league. You can't make mistakes with contracts. The Mm -hmm. Knicks already done it with Stoudemire, and now maybe to an extent with Chandler. You can't do it again with J.R. Smith. So this gives them a little bit of breathing room. The Knicks still need a point guard. Um, They still need some help underneath, you know, for Chandler. And, you know, Stoudemire, you can't bank in a full season. So you need somebody who can rebound. But, you know, we'll see how they divvy up their money. I'd love to see them bring back Prigioni. I'd love to see them bring back Copeland. Um, I don't know if both those things can happen. Prigioni might be going back overseas. Copeland might get a couple of good looks because he had a, you know, sort of an eye-opening postseason. Right. Um, It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to see what happens. But I think next year is going to be tough for the Knicks. I think they'll be a playoff team, but, you know, a five or six seed maybe. And maybe they get out of the first round. But I don't think they're going to be as talented as they were this year. They can uh, try to steal Rondo. Yeah, if Boston just giving people away. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you know, you, you never know. You can invest in that. I mean, w- with the kind of injury he's coming off of, you know, ACL. Obviously, you don't know what guys are going to be. We saw it with Darrell Revis and the Jets deciding to part ways with him. You know, uh, Shumpert for the Knicks came back pretty quickly and, and pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Rose never came back, and obviously there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes with that. But. Um, you know, you might be able to get him again for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Depending on if they want to sell on him. I mean, obviously the Celtics would be selling way low yeah. on Rondo, but that's a possibility. You I know? would take a shot, you know. I think you need somebody to distribute, and he's not a scorer. He's a guy who's going to get the ball into Melo's hands, and that's right. how the Knicks are designed. So, you know. You we'll at least got to make a call, I think. I don't know if Boston will trade into the Knicks. I think trading into the Nets is one thing. The Knicks are just... Especially not your best player. And yeah. now that the other guys are gone, he's clearly their best player, coming off an injury or not. Yeah. So, it'll be it's tough. a good point. You know, we'll see. And, and Rondo's obviously much younger than the two that they traded away. You know, that that's another big part of it, is he still has a long career in front of them. They could, in theory, hold on to him and develop their next team around right. Rondo as the veteran presence. That's true. So, we'll see how that gets played out. Uh, real quick on the NHL as well. Uh... 
Blackhawks won their uh, second cup in a couple of years, and yeah. you know, great series. Uh, Boston played really, really well. Uh, so we're at the end of the NHL season now, but congratulations to the Blackhawks. A couple of Blackhawks fans I know that are very happy, so that was cool. Uh, Stanley Cup thing I saw, they took the, the cup out to bars in Chicago. The game was played in Boston. They flew overnight as soon as the game was over. They had their little <laughs> locker room celebration, flew back to Chicago. They had tweeted, keep the bars open, and then they took the cup to different bars. They went to Harry Carey's, went to a couple of bars in Chicago. That is the greatest story I've ever How heard. This is the awesome first time I'm that? hearing that. Yeah, yeah. They that is terrific. The out. Uh, they had fans who were at the bars who like were there all night. They were drinking out of the cup with the players. Like how? How? That's all, that's why hockey is awesome. awesome. That's why. Yeah, yeah it's that's great. So I want to <laughs> go and experience that one day with the Rangers. Maybe right. it'll be fifty years from now. But one day I want to go and experience the Rangers winning another Stanley Cup, where I'm old enough to appreciate it. I'm not like still pooping in my pants. <laughs> the Rangers are trying. It might be yeah. so long that you'll be pooping in your <laughs> pants again. Yeah, though. Hope, that's the problem. I hope not. <laughs> You know, that might even be a couple of years from now, depending upon, you know, how my stomach is. Um, but the Rangers decided that in their uh, their best interest to winning the Cup next year is by keeping Brad Richards, which is interesting. You know, I, yeah, we I talked, talked a lot about, about that. I talked about how I thought it was the right move to get rid of him. Uh, in reading online, there were a lot of people who agreed with me, you know, that, that Richards is a risk to bring back the money he's making. But you give him a second chance and see what happens. Obviously, there's another buyout window next offseason. So this right. is not their only opportunity to do it. Right. But if Richards gets hurt, this could have been their only opportunity to do it. That's the Right, risk. which we talked about. Because yeah. if he gets hurt, then you can't use that exception on him. So, yeah. you know, I, I listen, I was kind of a little wish, wishy-washy on the whole thing. But I was more in the school of like, hey, keep him around and see. But the injury thing is... The dangerous well, thing. Yeah, he's yeah. had a concussion history. You know, yeah. he's been hurt before. It's it's a little frightening, but uh, he's going to be maybe a second line player. Maybe you drop Broussard down to the third line. There, there's some options. There's some flexibility to how the Rangers can build their roster, but right. um, there aren't too many more players they can bring in. They might be able to bring back Ryan Klo. Um, they might bring in another guy, but uh, Strahlberg is a name that was floated around. They're not going to be able to afford him. He's a guy who was on the Blackhawks, big part of their Stanley Cup win, who's a free agent. Um, could have played the wing, sort of like what Klo does, but maybe a little bit better. Okay. Um, not an option at this point with Richards on the roster. Now, you have to re-sign Lundqvist. They said they're in negotiations right now. You're going to have to re-sign McDonough and Haglin this offseason, so those are some things you have to take care of right away. Um, the money's going to be tight. And I yeah. think the other thing that you have to realize is that in, uh, when the trade deadline rolls around when all NHL teams really make their their run. You know, they figure out who they're going to need, they make a deal, and they go. Rangers are going to have a very tough time, have a very tough time finding the money to, to pay for someone. Right. Um, that'll be tricky. You know, yeah. I think that'll be tough for them. But um, but we talked extensively about the fact that they probably have enough talent to compete with anyone. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the craziness that happened with their coaching scenario with Tortorella and everything probably speaks to that. I yeah. think there are people in the front office that felt the same way and that they were underachieving or that he lost the locker room or both. Yeah. You know, um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, they probably are talented. And as long as you have Lundqvist. Yeah, you're you in know. the conversation. Um, I'll be interested to see Richards bounce back. I'd love to see it because, you know, I think I may have mentioned in the podcast before, Richards is a great guy. Um, you know, he did a lot for uh, the community after the hurricane. He's, yeah. he's always been a very charitable person and not the kind who wants attention on himself. Um, so I, I think he can. I'd love to see him bounce back, but I just don't know if he's lost that step and it's gone. You know, right. he's going to work hard in the offseason. Maybe this new system helps him out a lot. But he was kind of Tortorella's guy, and if Tortorella couldn't get it out of him, I, I don't know if Vigneault's going to have that much more 
ability to get that to happen. So. You mean Verrazano. 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 <laughs> uh, I, did, I did. My brother told me that it's, it's Vigneault, not Verrazano. But, you know, we'll, we'll play around with that. Hopefully that's something. Yeah. Uh, that's something maybe a little, forward. you know, a little pet name we can kind yeah. of give him here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then the big story of the summer, pretty much probably will be the, the dominant focus the rest of the way is baseball. Um, baseball is t- just sports are really bad for me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think of something else. Base- <laughs> We're going to have to find a new podcast to talk about. Yeah. You know, that Game like of that. Thrones one was pretty Game- good. Maybe yeah. we'll do that. Maybe we'll do more of that. Um, no, but yeah, obviously we got baseball going on. We're right in the thick of it. We're coming to that midpoint. You know, obviously the All-Star game is that symbolic middle ground, but yeah. probably by tomorrow or Monday, most teams will have played, you know, like 50% halfway. of their games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Yankees... Ugh. Kind of in a place that we don't expect the Yankees to be, or at least our generation of fan has not expected the Yankees to be in. Uh, they got off to a great start with some, you know, duct tape and scotch yeah. tape and glue and nails and just and trying to put it all together. And they got off to a great start, but these guys have come back to earth, and the reinforcements haven't come yeah. for one reason or another. Grandison was here for three seconds, then he was back gone, and then, uh, you know, the... the Teixeira issue was that was a big blow. He's obviously yeah. out for the rest of the year. He needs surgery on his wrist. So how do you feel about well, it? I mean, the big story is A-Rod, right? That's where it is now yep. when you talk about the reinforcements. And A-Rod is, who knows with him. Uh, the initial story was, uh, the initial tweet was, hey, I'm really excited. I just got cleared for games. The You know, the doctor said everything's cool. Yeah, and then Cashman was like, shut the f- up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's awful, right? We don't, we don't need that as... I that was hilarious. Say, <clears throat> hilarious, horrible, yeah. horrible job from management. Are you kidding me? How do you say that about a player on your team to, yeah. to the media? Bad you job. Say, you know, somebody overhears it, then whatever. But you can't go and say to ESPN New York, what the F is going on, tell him to shut the F. Like, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. Bad job by Cashman, um, who's been here forever and should know better. So he lost it. Then it was A-Rod is maybe thinking about not coming back because of the injury, and now it's, oh, he's really excited. He's going to work his way back. You know, he's getting close. So much information is being floated out there. It's it's really like bad drama, bad soap opera politics with A-Rod. And yeah. I'm getting fed up with it. But, but it always is. I mean, this is the lightning rod. This is what everybody wants to, you know, They this is the attention that he brings in. And it's, yeah. it, 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 but it, obviously like, it's wearing on you, you know, as, as a Yankee fan. I mean, I'm kind of tired of his shtick as a baseball fan yeah. in general. But I have no, I'm indifferent to A-Rod as a, as a fan because I don't root for the team he's on. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see it. In your face right now, I mean, you guys can't see it, but it's just, he looks tired of it. Yeah, and, you know, listen, the thing the thing that gets you with it is all of that aside, all of the drama, all the politics aside, the Yankees need him. They are now four games over 500. They were, you know, over like 11 or 12 at some point before. Yeah. They're falling back towards the cellar. They're not gaining on first place at this point. Mm-hmm. Their run differential is actually negative. They've allowed more runs than they've scored. I think that's the first time all year within this past week that that's happened. Right. They're falling down to earth. They need the reinforcements now. They've survived on really good pitching and enough, just enough hitting to keep them above breathing, you know, above uh, water. But... They're at the point now that it's gonna. It, they're gonna fall out of the race. They don't do something soon. Yeah, and they have a. I think a two forty team batting average, which for the Yankees is awful. It's them and the Astros. I think are like the bottom two. Yeah, for and offense. The, and the Astros have no players at all. Yeah, I mean no one is on that roster. So it's really bad. You know they're gonna be in a bad way if, they, if this goes any longer. So you know you talk Jeter, you talk A Rod, you talk uh, Granderson. Those are the guys that have to come back. Teixeira is done for the year. For the Yankees, from a um, front office perspective, they're going to recoup that money uh, for Teixeira. 
uh, right. because he was injured during the World Baseball Classic, and because of their insurance, they're only paying, I think, $4 million out of the 22 that's owed to Teixeira. Now, now does Teixeira get that anyway? Yes. Or, and yes. So he gets it, but there's an insurance policy that they get reimbursed, like through baseball or whatever. It right, is. it okay. doesn't come out of the Yankees' pocket, which when you look, maybe that's something they can go and then allocate at the deadline. Maybe right. they can go and make a move. They have a ton of pitching. You know, Justin Morneau is the guy they have to get. I mean, I listen, I understand he's not the guy that he was, and I know yeah. he's got like two home runs on the year, or, or he did like as of a week ago. Yeah. But in Yankee Stadium, big left-handed hitter. Uh, and it, it, Listen, that's the guy he's going to be available because yep. he's in the walk year. Teams are going to line up for a guy like that. Minnesota's going to want to get some prospects, so... There, there's a ton of pitching they can go and move for somebody like Morneau. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the stars are aligning for my Giancarlo Stanton trade. We're going to send Nova. The Mets are Manuel. getting Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, it's going to happen. Be that power bat in right field. Vernon Wells can go and platoon at first base with Overbay. Uh, you get a righty-lefty split there. It's going to be golden. I can't wait until Stanton <laughs> comes in. Jeter will come back. Yankees will win 95 games. Uh, <laughs> seriously, though, I, I think... They can make it, but these guys have to get healthy now. There's no more rope on the noose. They're they're at their the yeah. wit's end, and if they don't get it together within the next month, then they're done. One thing I did hear the other day that I thought was very interesting as we segue away from the Yankees and towards the Mets, but it's along the lines of what you just said. Uh, somebody mentioned they were like, obviously the Yankees have more of a window to win this year, mm-hmm. especially in the division they play in than, let's say, the Mets do. And the way that they've been playing sure. and all that. Um, so the Yankees couldn't look for a Band-Aid kind of fix, like a Justin Morneau, somebody that's going right. to give them some credibility this year, and who cares if they're there you know, next year. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, the guy made a point. He was like, you know what? The, Mets should be, uh, the Yankees should be looking at the same players that the Mets are looking at, theoretically, yeah. because the Yankees are old. And they should look for some, uh, you know, some young blood to be injected into their team. Somebody that they can pair with Cano, provided they bring him back, which we both think they will. That you know, going forward, a year, two years, three years from now, which is obviously what the Mets are looking for. You know, that's why the Mets are saying that they're going to be buyers at the uh, the trade deadline because they're going to look to acquire somebody who not only makes them better that day, but makes them better in fourteen, and fifteen, and sixteen. You yeah. know, and I, I I do agree with that point. The Yankees. Should be looking at some of those same guys in addition to the quick fixes. Yeah, I think where the Yankees are going to deal from is their strength in the organization, which is pitching. Right. Um, you know, I mentioned Nova. Phil Hughes in a walk year. You can maybe flip him to a National League team that needs a pitcher down the stretch run. He'll be valuable. And there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. Um, you have somebody like uh, Manny Benuelos, who hasn't quite panned out, but is still very young. Lefty throws hard. Um, Dylan Batances, his move to the bullpen has been very, very good. Um, somebody like Jabba Chamberlain can be flipped for something. You know, like you have a lot of guys you can yeah. move. Pineda's going to be back maybe before the All-Star break from what Cashman was saying. Um, out of all the guys who were hurt, they didn't put him on the list of people who were coming back after the All-Star break. Right. Um, he's thrown a double-A. He's thrown well. He's had good stuff. He can come up. That's another guy you might be able to move. Maybe Phelps has some value. You know, I think you keep – I'd love to keep Phelps. I like, you know – But they have pieces today. that they can move. There are a lot of options there. That's yeah. really the point. So – you know, I think there's something they're going to do, and if you augment that with Granderson or Jeter, even if you can just do that. A Rod, you know, whatever happens with him, you can come back, great. But 
there's a way to get this team to be successful because they have a ton of pitching. Pitching is what wins in the playoffs. Um, you're going to need that down the stretch. They just need to hit a little bit more. They can't win these games 3-2 to two all the time. Right, because you're not going to. It's insane. It, and, and that's, from a Yankee fan, we're not used to seeing that. You know, we have teams that can hit all the time. They're the Bronx Bombers, uh, not the Bronx Bunchers, as Girardi <laughs> said last year. Um you know, we, we the the whole we hit too many home runs thing has kind of gone out the window, uh, which you know people complain about the Yankees trying to hit too many home runs with with Swisher and all that, but love to have that right now. Yeah, you'd kill for Nick Swisher on your team yeah. right now, honestly, playing first base, playing right field, wherever. So, um, I guess moving on to the Mets, speaking really of pitching, quick. Right? Speaking of pitching and pitching rich organizations, I'm actually going to the game tomorrow. Will be uh, Zach Wheeler's. Uh, home debut so i'm looking yeah. forward to that tom might join me even yeah. though why not yeah why not? it's exactly it so i went to uh, harvey's uh home first start this year right yeah so we did go to that together so yeah well. so cool. why not you know i mean listen guys like this come around you want to you want to see him pitch up close so yeah. that i'm looking forward to that but um you know as far as the trade front goes listen the mets have been playing a little bit better baseball yeah. um you know i think the 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 moves that they made, sending some guys down, bringing some other guys up, the accountability has kind of shown shown through. Yeah. You know, I think that guys are kind of rallying behind that. Plus, then Wheeler came up, and it was like, okay, let's let's get after it. Yeah. Now, I don't think that they have the talent to even you know finish at 500 or above you right. know uh, this year. But it's nice to see them rally because they're they had become very unwatchable. Yeah. And they're not that anymore. You know, they're competitive. They're staying in these games, and that's that's good. That's all you can ask for. Um, one interesting idea that uh, I heard floated around, uh, a lot of people have been saying, would you trade Zach Wheeler in a deal for Giancarlo Stanton? Right. Now, my take on that, and I've been hearing this a lot, and I get the arguments on both sides. Uh, I would not trade Zach Wheeler for anyone other than Giancarlo Stanton. However, if you're telling me that I can get a 23-year-old slugger who might be the premier slugger of our generation that can potentially hit 50 home runs one day, I think you have to look to do that. And here's why. Okay, I know that pitching wins games and pitching wins championships and all that. But when the Mets first got Zach Wheeler for Carlos Beltran... There was a lot of talk that Wheeler was going to be their number one. Right. Wheeler was going to be their ace. He was going to be the linchpin of their rotation, and Harvey was going to be a nice piece. Mm-hmm. Now, Harvey has come up and exceeded expectations, right. and Harvey is on his way to becoming one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not already. I mean, this year he's probably been the best pitcher in baseball, maybe him and Kershaw. Yeah. You know. So when you look at what he's capable of, you kind of have your ace there. Locked in. Sure. So if you're going to... Now, I think that they might be able to package some other guys like a Syndergaard or Montero or Flores and get an impact bat. But if you're telling me that Wheeler can get you Stanton, I think the emergence of Harvey allows you to make that move. You you might be able to do it. You, you, you that, and, and if you're Florida, I think you'd have to be listening if that's the trade that's on the table. Right. Right. I and the one thing that somebody said to me is he strikes out a lot, Stanton. Yeah. But the way I look at it is you can find a guy who can hit thirty home runs in the outfield, and the difference between him and a guy who hits fifty home runs in the outfield is is enough, but not huge. Okay. The difference between having Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling in your pitching rotation back to back is the difference between winning a World Series and not. 
I, listen, to ace level, like best potentially to like yeah. number number one, like high end, like top five pitchers in baseball in the same rotation, right? That wins you championships. Absolutely, and I totally plural, plural championships, right? And I totally agree with that. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out for argument's sake because I've heard it floated around. Yeah. Now I think again, uh, much like you said with the Yankees, the Mets are very pitching rich yeah. in their farm system, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of guys who are going to be up within the next year year and a half, something like that. And um, it's... Sources say that it's not just the Mets talking up their own guys, that there are a lot of scouts from a lot of teams that are very interested in these guys. Yeah. So I think that they can do something with a Syndergaard or a Montero or, you know, and then throw in a hitter like Flores who doesn't really have a position on the Mets, that kind of stuff, to get an impact bat in the outfield. And I think that's probably what they're going to do. I don't think you'll see them trade a guy like Wheeler since he's already on the Major League team. You know, that's kind of a little strange to see that happen. Big-time prospect come up, have success. Especially as a pitcher, and then flip him for a hitter. Right. Um, but like I said, just for argument's sake, the only reason why I could even consider it is because of the emergence of Harvey. Yeah. Because again, when he was coming up, a lot of people thought Harvey would be like a nice three. Yeah. Maybe he could be a two, and clearly he's better than that. Right. So, you know, you can't afford to part with. You know, four of your pitchers, obviously, to get, you know, a, a hitter or two. But if you're looking at Harvey as your one, then you can kind of play around with, well, is it going to be Wheeler as your 1A? Is Syndergaard good enough to be that, you know, in a year? Or, you know, what is Montero? You know, so it becomes an evaluation thing. But once you have the guy, I think that gives you a little bit of wiggle room. That's all I'm saying is that it's something that you can consider that maybe before this season, before the emergence of Harvey, that you would be like, no, that's ridiculous. You never trade, you know, a potential Cy Young winner for a guy who's going to hit some home runs. Yeah, uh, you definitely get the flexibility. I, I, if just having watched teams with great pitching dominate teams in the playoffs. Firsthand on both sides, right. I would want to cap both those aces. I, and if they can go both reach close to their ceiling, yeah. you're going to be golden. You're going to be really, really Absolutely. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, people are already running comparisons between Wheeler and Harvey, and it's not fair to Wheeler. Yeah. Because uh, what Harvey's done, again, nobody really expected. Yeah. And how can you do – like, let Wheeler be his own guy. Yeah. You know, but – for the sake of comparing, because that's what people do in sports, yeah. if Wheeler is 70% of what Harvey is, yeah. that's terrific. You're in real good shape. Yeah. Um, now, don't get too far ahead. No. These guys are young. I know. Things happen. Things happen. The league adjusts, whatever you want to say. Yeah. It's hard to adjust to 98. Um you know, at a breaking ball, but the things happen. Jabba threw 99 and yeah. had a great slider, and now he's Jabba Chamberlain. I I understand. Stop I understand this time and injuries and things, but, you know. The Mets seem to be handling this the right way. We'll see what happens. Um, the last big thing, I guess, you know, is, is the All-Star game coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, how's, how's your boy doing at third base? He's doing pretty well. He's leading now over Pablo Sandoval, which he should be, right. thanks to a lot of uh, local radio contingents here in New York that have yeah. been doing a good job, you know, hosting events and stuff like that to get uh, votes for David Wright. Do you think the dating site helped at all? <laughs> Maybe. We I don't know. about it. Maybe we, we're, we're part of this influence on David Wright. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy, listen, the guy should have started the All-Star game last year at third, yeah. and obviously it's a fan vote, and the, the advantage is... Um, you know, in San Francisco, they sell out a ton because they've won two of the last three World Series. 
Um, but even in spite of that, you know, they have a great fan base. Yeah. So when people show up to the ballpark, they're like, hey, vote, 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 vote. And everybody votes like crazy. And Plus, nobody's they're watching in, the game, right? No. They don't have ballots because <laughs> they're from California. Nobody watches right. baseball out there. Plus, they're in, you know, like the computer capital of the world, basically, yeah, where guys are just voting like crazy from like, you know, all kinds of different IP addresses. And it's like yeah. a 35 time max. But if you got, you know, three computers, you can triple that, you know, so that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's nice to see them kind of push, you know, right a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if I love it when the team does it, like the way they contacted the Cougar site and stuff. But <laughs> if other independent things, you know, in the city that you live in and the city that where the team plays is going to kind of push for them, then I think that that's the right thing to do. You know, you want to try to encourage fans to get out and vote. And I think... I think Wright will end up starting at third, and I think he deserves to. Yeah, I think this comes down to the homeless people in San Francisco versus the homeless people. <laughs> um, we're fairly technologically behind, I think, like you said, the computer capital of the world. Right. We have tons of homeless, but we don't have them actively doing anything. No. Well, we like, don't have those homeless hotspots like they we do. we got to start getting Wi-Fi yeah. into those homeless shelters. And yep. <laughs> um, if we can do that, I think Wright will cement it, and maybe uh, Derek Cheater can start a shortstop for the American League. <laughs> Fifth, fifth in the American League shortstop voting. He's not played a game all year. That's ridiculous. He's that, that's still probably the fifth best shortstop in the AL, despite having not played all year. That's also probably true. <laughs> but that's you know, listen, the, the fan vote is good in certain ways and it's bad in certain ways. Yeah. One thing that the fans don't vote on, obviously, is the pitchers because right. it's all about day and all that stuff and mm-hmm. what the rest is. Um, but there's a good chance that Harvey could wind up starting for yeah. the uh, National League team, which again, he's probably deserving of that wins are a little lacking but the bullpen has blown a ton for him yeah um and one thing i thought was was very interesting and very honest was uh they asked uh bruce bochi mm-hmm. who's going to obviously manage the nl about the possibility of harvey starting mm-hmm. and he said something that uh basically he just said that um all things equal if it's close yeah. he would give the edge to harvey because he, it would be in his own ballpark. Yeah. Which I think is the fair way to do it. That's the right way to you do know, it. You yeah. know, and last year when you had that crazy situation where LaRusso was retired, but he came back to manage yeah. the NL team, you know, I think he kind of snubbed Ari Dickey, who deserved yeah. to start in the All-Star game. And, you know, you got a 38-year-old journeyman that goes on to win the Cy Young. And, you know, he's like, well, I don't know if... Uh, if Yachty or Molina or Buster Posey can catch the knuckleball. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, you're snubbing the guy. This is the biggest moment of his life. And obviously, yeah. he made it into the game. And, you know, he made the team anyway. And that was all great. And he won the Cy Young, which is a bit of vindication better, yeah. there. But, like, you know, I think the way Bochy's handling it is much, much more, you know, just smarter, savvier. Right it's like, listen, the guy is pitching at home. Yeah. If that's – you let him pitch at home. It's huge. Yeah. The All-Star game is not going to be at City Field for another 20 years. At least, yeah. So – Yeah, let him do it. And uh, on the other side, there was uh, some talk about having Rivera start for the American League, which right. Rivera actually shot down. He was right. like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to close. So yeah. um, hopefully he closes better than he did the last time, you know, in the <laughs> ballpark. Or, I don't know if it was there or at home or whatever. But, um, you know – I think that's cool. I think that's the right way to do it is let Rivera pitch the ninth, and hopefully there's a ninth for him to pitch in. Yeah, I think I think he should be in the ninth. I guess the, the whole argument for that is, you know, what if there isn't exactly. a save yeah. situation? What if there – but you know what? You know how you fix that? You just you, – you run him out there in his spot regardless of score. Yeah. You know, the game is tied, you put him out. If the game – whatever it is, you put him out there so that he can – 
In pitch. theory, though, the National League could have a lead going into the ninth inning, and if the American League doesn't tie the score or go ahead, then True. there may be no bottom of the ninth for him to pitch in. Right. At that point, I guess, I mean, you make sure he gets in, Yeah. you know, in the bottom like that, of the eighth. You put him in the eighth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they have the lead, you know, you're not going to say, hey... Yeah. Let's see if we can score and get Mo. I think you got to get Mo in the game. Yeah. You know, if it's bottom eight and it's the last time your team is going to, you know, take the field on defense and pitch, then uh, go with that. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Uh, you know, we'll have another chance to, to meet up before the podcast, uh, before the uh, All Star game uh, actually occurs. Uh, so we'll see how everything lines up, and hopefully the Yankees get their act together. They need to get healthy. You know, I can't. Yeah. They're going to have a hard time. It's tough to watch. It's really, really tough to watch. It's going to be out today. It's going to be an interesting trade season as we as <laughs> yeah. we approach it, you know, for, for the local teams. Again, for everything that we just talked about, because normally a team in the Mets position would be looking to sell, and they have some pieces they can sell off if they wanted to go that route. You know, if they get a bigger hitter, they can probably flip, you know, Marlon Bird, who's on a nonsense contract to a team looking for a right-handed bat and maybe get a little prospect back, something like that. Um, but, you know, with the Yankees, too, it's they're looking for quick fixes, but they're also looking for some long-term pieces. So we're going to we're gonna see a little bit of interesting things towards the end of the month. And uh, I think the next time we join you guys, the All-Star teams will have been announced. So yeah. we can talk about that a little bit. And yeah, we'll see what goes from there. I, so my question is something I heard on the radio the day, so I wanted to go with that. Um, if What would you say your dream job is? Like, what would you want to do? More than anything. Putting you on the spot a little bit. Besides, well, we didn't talk about that. Besides hosting this podcast? <laughs> yeah, besides that, which which we're doing. Well, you know um, I'm a comedian, so right? I'd like to, you know, be able to do a little bit more with that. You know, make make some strides and, uh, you know, kind of kind of do blow that. up doing well, that. Let's, yeah. So let's say, like, the, the, the theory is you make it, right? This is, like, you're going to be the biggest stand-up comedian in the world. Right. To get there, to guarantee you get there, if they said to you, you have to carve off your left pinky toe with a scalpel on your own. And after you did it, you'd be set. You would definitely get that job. Would you do it? Where is this going? I don't think so. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to maim myself. No. I mean I know we're talking hypotheticals here, yeah. so like one thing doesn't actually like cutting off your pinky toe doesn't make you funnier, but uh, <laughs> I mean it could. I guess it could. I don't that know. Aside. Um I don't know if I would do that. I'm not big into, like, mutilation. I also don't like to... Uh, I don't know if I could harm myself. As like, soon as it's done, you get, like, you know, painkiller. You have to do the whole thing. It has to be, like, you know, taken off. But once you're done, you get, like, you know, numbness. and it all Can like, they sew it back on or it has to no, be off? No, no, no. That's, that's copping out. <laughs> I just wanted to know if it was, like, some sadistic, like, saw moment where you have to cut off your own toe. But then they're like, okay, we'll put it on ice. We'll put it back on. Yeah. No, you lose the toe. Uh, I guess it's kind of a useless toe. Right? Uh I would say no, just on face value. I'd say no. Yeah, I, I uh, now for the love of God, why are you asking <laughs> me this question? They, they had it on uh, on ESPN Radio today. They were asking like guests and things like that as like a, a Michael K. It was hysterical listening to people respond to it. Um, so I wanted to go with that to see <laughs> that what, specifically. Yeah, yeah, it was like, what was your? Uh, somebody was like, would you do it to see your team win a championship? Uh, would you do it to like you know get the dream job you know whatever it was right and I thought it was really funny and uh, <laughs> so one of somebody's response was uh, I'd like to think that I would you know, like, <laughs> I'd like to think that I would just say yeah I can do it uh, and theirs was like you have to do it with like a, a dull knife like you have to do like with a, a almost like a spoon oh, and like a hundred and twenty seven hours yeah, style like, and you have to get that toe off and if you do you get you know you get it. 
two, you know, two hundred million dollar five year contract with ESPN, and you're set for life and all that. Like they, they can't cut you. You get everything. Um, and one person was like, "Well, can I cut my other toe off so it's balanced?" And you know, it's crazy. I think the the real response. I like to think I would. You know, I, to get where I want. That's a good one because that's kind of how I feel about it. Because yeah. it's like, is that a totally necessary thing? But I just don't know if I could. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think that if it was that simple that I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, we can beep it. I gotta, we I can, we can bleep that out. Screw yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to do it. But <laughs> Freudian slip or something. But no, that I would just do it. But uh, but I don't, I, I, I don't think that I could go through with it. So yeah. that's, a, that's a great response. I'd Hang like on. to think that I could. Anyway, um, so that's Cursing where I want to Yeah, that's where I leave you guys to chew on with that. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Tom. And I'm John. Sorry about that. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. The New York 20 is brought to you by Toes. They help you keep balance and make your feet look great. But clean them or they'll start stinking real quick.